0: Now now, before I, I start reading um, this particular passage, uh, the whole of Psalm 23 It's interesting, uh, as, I, as I was thinking about it and um, considering bringing this psalm I, I thought to myself, often when we mention the most famous passages of scripture those ones that we've heard a lot of, often our um, default setting is, oh I know what it says in there, and part of us just kind of goes, "Ah," and partly switches off, and we don't therefore receive fully what it is that God wants us to hear, so we'll have heard Psalm 23 many many times in different contexts. But my heart this morning is that God has something new and fresh for us in this place today. And I believe that all that he asks for us is that we are found ready to hear from him. So be open to hearing something new that's on the heart of the Lord towards you and I in this place. Yeah. So you may have heard Psalm 23 a thousand times. Hallelujah if you have. But be open to the Lord speaking to you in you. Today, have you ever found that? You've read a passage a load of times and all of a sudden you read and it's like, pow! And it comes alive to you once again. Or something new, I hadn't seen that before. I believe that God wants to do that amongst us today. Because what I'm seeing in this place is that there's a hunger for the things of God. And God wants to meet us in that place. So before we read the passage, I'd just like to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Uh, Thank you that it's your day. Thank you that it's a day that you have made. Thank you, Lord, that you desire good things for your children in this place. And I pray, Lord, that, that whatever happens in this place through the time of worship that we've just had, and through the praying through our hearts, Lord, in a sense, I pray that the walls of this building would dissolve, and that your word would run freely throughout this whole area. Lord, I, I pray that there would be those that are maybe not even in this place today, that, that you would touch, that you would minister to, that you would speak to, Lord, through what is happening in this place. So, Lord, we give you all the glory. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts and minds would be open to what you have to say. We praise your name. Amen. Amen. So, Psalm 23. Could anyone um, recite this off by heart at all? I'm not going to ask you to. Maybe if you put your hand up, I might do. Keep your hands low. Okay, I'll read it. So, Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever I could just keep on reading that out to you guys And, you, and we'd be blessed and we'd go home encouraged Yeah. Um, incidentally that's the King James Version Because that's how we all speak in England In case you're wondering <laughs> Lots of us um, So Psalm, Psalm 23 David is an old man when he wrote the 23rd Psalm And he'd seen a lot in his life, as we're aware of, many tragedies and disappointments. He'd also known the faithfulness of God, who is a good shepherd, who gives to his true children more than they deserve through his great grace. And as I was saying earlier on, Psalm 23 is is a beloved psalm in church community and also outside of and it's perhaps one of the most famous passages in the whole of the scriptures. It's a shame then that we only tend to hear sermons on Psalm 23 at funerals. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame because Psalm 23 is a psalm for the living, it's a psalm for you and I to apply to our everyday life. It's a psalm for the living, and we only hear it when someone passes. And like I said earlier also, there's a danger when a biblical text becomes so familiar to us that we begin to believe that we know all that there is in that passage. And we overlook the messages and applications that are quite obvious. So let's have a look and we'll break it down little by little and see what the Lord has to say. So firstly, the Lord is my shepherd. We were made to follow But we can follow different things Right in the very design principle of you and I Is that desire to follow Yeah Any Manchester United fans here? Good Uh, Any Red Sox fans? Hey Right I went to see the Red Sox um, a few weeks ago Any New York Yankees fans? Right I'll carry on with the story anyway So (laughs) A friend of ours took my family and I To go and see the Red Sox And um, we saw them against um, Baltimore Orioles We're really up with this And so uh, we had such a great time It was a beautiful place But Alex, my son and I We were a little bit torn because um, The Red Sox are owned by The same people that own Liverpool Football Club in the UK And we're Manchester United fans And that just doesn't mix. And we were kind of a little bit torn whether we should start following the Red Sox. But during the seventh inning stretch, they they stood up and they sang which song? Sweet Caroline. Right. And what's my wife's name? Uh, okay. Alex and I looked at each other because it seemed like the whole stadium was serenading my wife. Um, it was just such a powerful moment. Um, Alex and I said, Okay, we're Red Sox fans. So, Yankees fans, I apologize. Okay, but we were designed to follow. Yeah, and throughout all the world, as we look around, people are following something. No one follows nothing. Yeah, we all have that built within us to follow. People can follow careers, people can follow people. people can follow the crowd but we're all built to follow something John 10:27 says my sheep hear my voice i know them and they follow me okay they follow me the lord is my shepherd I think oftentimes that's a phrase that's so familiar that we're losing, or we're in danger of losing the magnitude of what those words mean. David is saying that the eternal God of the universe, the one that created all things, seen and unseen, who always was and who always will be, is the one that he's following. He is my shepherd. The one that's created all things seen and unseen. He is my shepherd. Nothing else goes before him. And he could have rightly said, Oh, hear ye, O Israel, the Lord is our shepherd. But he doesn't say that. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my personal shepherd. There is a personal relationship with the Lord. And that's a reminder for all of us that Christianity is not so much a religion as it is a relationship okay and it's so easy and we're going to come back to this a little bit later on it's so easy for us to slip out of relationship into religion there's a very fine line and we have to be mindful of this we'll come back to it it's a relationship the nature of Psalm twenty three then becomes something that's much more personal. Jesus is my shepherd. And then he says, I shall not want. So so what does it mean, I shall not want? The meaning there isn't that we won't desire or want anything. The meaning is that we won't be left wanting. We've been told that the Lord's sheep lack nothing. Now, advertising (laughs) and what we see with our eyes around us often causes us to feel that we lack and that we are missing out so much. But if you have Jesus, you have everything you need. And he will make sure that you have everything you need. I mean, I think it's safe to say that the US is fairly material. Is that right? Would you agree or disagree with that? I think it's a little bit more than we are in the UK. So we're kind of... We've come into this culture and it's something that we're really conscious of. And it's something that the believer has to be super conscious of. Is that we're surrounded by so much stuff that we can buy into the lie that we lack. And that we don't have. And almost a poverty mentality. When if you have Jesus... And you know what, that's not just an intellectual thing that we need to come to an understanding of. If we kind of know intellectually that we have Jesus and that we lack nothing, that only goes so far. What we really need is a revelation of if we have Jesus, we have everything. And we need to pursue that revelation of Him. That if we have Jesus, we have everything. I shall not want... So John Piper says what David means is that God's sheep never lack anything that the shepherd thinks is good for them. I think we believe that sometimes. I'm not sure if I believe that all the time. I know it to be true, but sometimes it seems like what Jesus has given me is not something that I particularly want, especially when it's a challenge or a tough time. But the promises are in Scripture, and I can actually testify that to be true in my own life when I look back. I've never lacked anything. I've never lacked anything. Jesus has always provided what I need. So Jesus is enough. Okay? Jesus is enough. Whether we are in the green pasture or the dark valley, the shepherd remains at our side. And that is what we need. If we have Jesus, we lack no good thing. Am I getting that message? cross at least intellectually if we have Jesus we lack no good thing, while it is true that Jesus is all that we need, it doesn't end there, David reminds us that it's our good shepherd who makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us beside quiet waters and the reason we're given this is stated in verse 3 it's because that restores our soul yeah This restores our soul. And being spiritually refreshed means to walk in the paths of righteousness. Notice that it's not something that we can accomplish on our own. Like sheep, we are prone to go astray if left on our own. I remember um, when I was uh, helping out a friend who lives in southwest Scotland. And um, he had a big farm. And I went up there for a couple of days to help him. And basically, he asked me to, to go on a quad bike. Quad bike, we know. Yeah. It's, um, so, get on this quad bike and just drive. Is that what you guys call it, a quad bike? Yeah? Okay. It's just sometimes I say things and people go. And I have to try and work out what the American version of it might be. And I typically get it wrong. So... You're on the quad bike for two days. I was like, brilliant. All you're going to do is drive around the fields of the farm and make sure the sheep aren't on their backs. Because spring leading into summertime, they're heavy with the wool. Or maybe springtime, they're heavy with the wool. And the sheep roll onto their backs. And they try and scratch their backs. Now, sheep have... um, this seems to be echoing a little bit, is it? Okay. Um, now, now, anyone who's into farming here? No? Okay. Now, the guy. The guy <laughs> that's okay. I didn't want any experts in here. So, the guy, the farmer said to me, he said, sheep, sheep are known for having a very small brain. And they don't actually have the mental capacity to work out how to get onto their feet again. So my job was to find these sheep that were laying on their back, because if they lay on their back for more than 24 hours, toxins get into the brain and they die. There is a reason for this story, and my job was to turn the sheep back onto their feet so they could then go and pootle off and do their own thing again. And um, the sheep were never very happy with you getting anywhere They'd always kick you for getting close to them And you're there, I'm trying to help you, I know you can't understand but I'm here to help So you turn then you drive around and you find another sheep And it's interesting how the scripture refers to us as sheep <laughs> I think we so quickly forget the good things that God has done for us And I think we sometimes misunderstand that the things that are happening in our lives are for our own good. Even though we're not happy at the circumstance and the situation we find ourselves in. In fact, I think we sometimes misunderstand how committed Jesus is to us. And we misrepresent what he's doing in our lives. Much like the sheep, I was there to try and help the sheep to get back onto its own feet and it kicked me while I was doing it. Could that be us? So, like sheep, we are prone to go astray misunderstand if left on our own and David recognizes and we must recognize that we need to be guided and helped by the shepherd if we are to walk well Psalm 23 begins with rest and comfort it does not begin with activity and this may be the hub of what I believe the Lord has for us here this morning it believes with rest and comfort not with activity and it's a reminder of how the Christian life is to be lived. We begin by resting in Christ, and out of the restoration of our souls, the rest, oration of our souls comes activity. The area, the error that I've made and that many Christians make, and you may remember, but you may not I touched on this a little bit the last time I spoke is that we run around attending church meetings, planning this, talking about that, doing this, and we forget the reason that we're here for in the first place. Now there's a passage of scripture in Matthew 7, which maybe you've heard before, I'm sure you have, which kind of illustrates that a little bit, okay? Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, and it's a terrifying passage of Scripture, to be honest with you. If it doesn't send a shiver down your spine and make you consider, well, it does for me every time. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness or iniquity, as it says in other versions. Okay. So, firstly, there's people, it, for me, that's a picture of the judgment seat. We'll come in before the Lord Jesus Christ on that great day. That great and terrible day, because I think it'll be both. Yeah. For some, it'll be great. And for some it will be terrible but the people that are coming to the Lord on this day are referring to prophesying serving sound like the people in the church don't they? they? Sound like people that have some knowledge of church life people that maybe call themselves Christians which is quite a thought because then Jesus' response to them is that I never knew you Now, do you know what that says to me more than anything else? It says to me that the most important thing for Jesus towards you and towards I is relationship. Not what I do for him. And sometimes we mix our service for the Lord with our devotion to him and our relationship with him. So we think, I'm doing all these things, and believe me, I've been there and I've been stuck in that. I'm doing all these things Lord, surely that's my my devotion to you Surely that's how I invest in my relationship to you All these things that I'm doing Lord, and you know what happens If we go long, long enough on that track And if we go long enough along that road We end up getting dry and frustrated and bitter And we'll find words coming out of our mouths like this I seem to be doing a lot of things in this church and such and such doesn't seem to be doing anything how come it all falls on me to do this am I the one doing this again and that's often because it's not flowing out of relationship it's flowing out of us doing things for the Lord now if it's the other way around when through my devotion and my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ it then flows into activity the grace is there The grace is there and we mistake it for our devotion to the Lord, our work for him. Firstly, it comes out of being in that place of quietness and relationship with Jesus. I remember once I was, um, because it's in that quiet place, in fact I was just thinking as I drove down, that actually we make there's things in our lives that we make a big priority and that's absolutely right and there's things that are important but do we put as much of a priority on our quiet time with the Lord as we do with other things that we see as being very important because what's interesting is that our quiet time with the Lord has a much greater impact upon our eternity than all these other things which we seem to hold in higher priority and our quiet time with the Lord is the wellspring of our life. It's what things will flow out from. It's where our life flows from. And I remember, um, and actually that 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 quiet time with the Lord is when he does a lot of work in our own hearts and in our own minds and helps us have his perspective on things. And I was, um, uh, my son Alex, who's now 12, but he would have been about two or three years old. And um, we we call them nappies in England You call them diapers, right? Okay I'm just going to call them a nappy Okay Bringing a bit of an international flavour into them (laughs) So so Alex is two years old Um, um, I'm going to change his nappy And It was difficult He's there Stark naked Running around the bedroom One sock on And That's all he's wearing <laughs> And I'm trying to put the nappy on So you, you You get him in position You try and do the thing Don't you Whatever It's been a while now And uh, And then he gets up And runs away And the nappy's not on properly And it falls to his feet He's running away And he comes back And then This was lasting about It felt like a long time Probably about Three or four minutes Just to get the jolly nappy on and, and I remember that I said Alexander how can daddy change you if you keep running away and all of a sudden the atmosphere in the room shifted Alex was still running around and doing his thing but that was the voice of God into my heart and mind at that very moment how can I change you How can I do my sovereign work of grace and healing into your life If you're always on the run And I just sat there And I don't know how long I sat there, Alex didn't mind But I just sat there thinking, you've got me God My life is so full of doing But you just want me to be in your presence I'm a human being, not a human doing. <laughs> and he yearns. When we look at that passage that we just looked at in, in Matthew seven, I don't believe there's a, I don't believe there's a kind of I never knew you go away. I believe there'd be a significant amount of grief in the Lord's heart about that that he never knew those people that he's speaking to. His desire is relationship. His desire is fellowship. His desire is just being—you know—I want to come in and sup with you, yeah, and eat with you, and and dwell with you, yeah. Oh, for, forget about all that other stuff. Let's just do this. Let's just be together, and then we'll do the other stuff because there's a place for the other stuff. But the first and the primary, most important thing I believe in the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ towards you and I is His relationship with us. And if you were to pursue anything this week, it would be that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That deeper relationship, that quiet place with Him, just dwelling in His presence. It says in Psalm sixteen, You make me, you make known to me the path of life where am I going Lord you make known to me the path of life I don't know what to do Lord you make known to me the path of life what should I do Lord I'm feeling desperate you make known to me the path of life and then it says Psalm 16 11, in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore could it be that in our busyness in our get up and go type A personality culture that we're missing out on fullness of joy sitting at his right hand where there are pleasures evermore could we be missing out? could our cup only just be a little bit full? Jesus has called us first to worship and secondly to work we must never reverse that order. And this is about being in a the blessings of being in a relationship with the shepherd. And the primary blessing of the shepherd is the shepherd himself. Is his presence. That's a primary blessing. You know when you're in the presence of God Don't the things of this world become strangely dim Don't the things that that Trouble you and afflict you And that burden you become strangely dim So Psalm 23 goes on About the, the green pastures And the quiet waters And we may think that they are The primary blessing of the shepherd But they're not The green pastures and the quiet waters eventually give way to walking through the valley of the shadow of death. What is the constant in this psalm? Can anyone help me out? Because the pastures and the water and the valley of the shadow of death are all temporary. What is the constant? Yeah, that's right. Because all those things we eventually walk through The only constant in Psalm 23 is the presence of God The fact that he is always there I remember um, a number of years ago I was attending um, a pastor's uh, gathering And there there was only about 10-15 people there And uh, and they were sitting, it was like a round table thing And I was uh, one of the younger ones uh, in the room And and you know how you kind of, if you're junior You're quite happy just quietly sitting in the background Well I am anyway And just kind of letting things and observing and learning Then they do that thing where they go We're going to go around the table And everyone's going to share something that's on the heart And you're like, oh, do we have to? In England we describe that as creeping death As you count down the people coming towards you (laughs) What a lovely phrase don't take that with you today, but it's there, and I'm going, right, okay, it's seven people to me now, and then six, alright, better get thinking, right, okay, ah, right, um, five, four, and then one of the senior guys said, oh, we're running out of time, can we just um, push on through a little bit, it was like 11.30 in the evening, and then, um, got like to the guy next to me and my heart's going now because I'm kind of thinking right and then the senior pastor said right that's it everyone thank you um, great and, and I was there kind of mixture of happy but also oh because I had something to share and it was that tension I just sat there and I thought all right okay and then one of the other guys yeah but the young lad didn't speak. And I was like, oh, and now I'm in that reverse place Where I'm kind of thinking, I thought I got away with it And now I've got to And and then and then I just, in, in, in my mind and my heart I believe that God gave me something to say And there was two things And they're all sharing what were burdens to them And at the time, I'd have been in my early 20s Five or six years ago And uh, <laughs> um, and but the two things that were on my heart was this Um I didn't want to be alone For the rest of my life Ideally, wanted to Find a wife and get married So that was one other thing And the other one was That I didn't feel That I could fulfill the call of God in my life I knew that he'd called me To stuff To something And I kind of had some idea. But I felt so unequipped so unable to do that and I shared with those things and it was quite there was a, there was a the Lord was there there was a sense of his presence as I said it and as uh, and so I finished saying that they wrapped it up and then the senior pastor asked a couple of the pastors to take me um, to one side and pray with me about those things that I'd shared. And one of the guys prayed that I would always know the presence of Jesus. Okay? Now, it wasn't, wasn't like lightning or anything. There wasn't. I wasn't sobbing in, in tears. I didn't really feel the presence of God moving in a, a way that I hadn't before. But I can say this to you now. That from that moment on, I have known and tangibly feel the presence of God. Tangibly And I forget And I remind Or something reminds me I go Oh yeah I can And, and the best way I can describe it Is if I had a, a balloon And I just Gently press it up Against your cheek Just not invasive It's just Bizarre <laughs> But Wonderful And, and Brilliant <laughs> uh, And and From that moment on The tangible Knowing of his presence Now there is nothing about me that's that special in that way. But if we desire to know that, then I would encourage you at the end of this gathering. Let, you know, let's pray. Ask someone to pray with you, because the last thing the Lord wants you and I to feel is alone and isolated. He wants us to know His presence, because in His presence is fullness of joy. Yeah, in His presence is guidance and truth and love and joy and peace. Yeah, and He wants us to know that. He wants us to know that Maybe we don't know that Because we've not asked for it I think we'll find that in the scripture somewhere You have not because you ask not David in this psalm is describing the joy of being in a personal relationship with God a knowing of God and God knowing Him surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever this portrays life as a pilgrimage a pilgrimage to God and our final destination being the house of the Lord which is unhindered fellowship with Jesus Christ. It's our final destination that just that should define everything that we do. Having that sense of the eternal, having a sense that everything that we do now, as it says in the movie, Gladiators, echoes through eternity, and has an impact upon our final destination. Jesus is calling us today in this place out of ritual out of religion into a deeper relationship with him if this if this body of, if this beautiful body of believers is to impact this area for the kingdom of God, then it's going to come out of the fact that this body of believers invests first and foremost in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the first thing. That is the most important thing. That is the critical thing. And then everything else will flow out of that. Does that make sense? Scripture teaches us that if the Lord is our shepherd... If we can honestly say he is my number one He is my all in all We shall not want So let's just relax And trust the king of kings to do his thing Yeah I shall not want So okay then You are my shepherd I desire to follow you first and foremost you promised me that I shall not want Okay I'm just going to pursue you and Lord, whatever happened yesterday or the week before or the years before Where I was mixed in my pursuing of you Whether I followed this for a season Today is a new day Today is an opportunity to let go of all of that And to make a decision Daniel purposed in his heart So he made a decision Today is a day where we can decide Okay, that's it, I'm all in Jesus is Lord And I'm going to pursue you And if nothing else is to avoid on that great day (laughs) Depart from me I never knew you That shouldn't be the sole motivation But as you step into A deeper relationship with Jesus Christ You're going to want more Because he is so wonderful He is so marvellous And if he's just at arm's length at the moment I would encourage you To welcome him Welcome him in Because that's his heart. And like a gentleman that he is, he will only go as far as we allow him to. So I'm gonna finish by reading Psalm twenty-three again. But my encouragement, my encouragement to you guys today is to invest in Jesus. Yeah. That's where our hearts need to be. Hallelujah. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We thank God for his word. To him be all the praise and the glory. Amen.